This is the Bates Bobcast, our weekly podcast where we take a look at the week that was in Bates Athletics. My name is Aaron Morse, and this week we're recapping the first carnival weekend of the season for the skiing teams and celebrating a dramatic senior swim meet victory over Colby. Plus, men's basketball recorded a big NASCAR win over Hamilton, and the track and field teams are off to fast starts. All that and more coming up on the Bates Bobcast. The women's basketball team defeated UMaine Farmington 85-49 Tuesday before dropping a couple of very close NESCAC contests on Friday and Saturday. The Bobcats took number 4 nationally ranked Amherst to the wire before falling 43-37. Then Bates dropped an even closer game on Saturday to Hamilton by a score of 63-59. The men's basketball team also fell to Amherst, but the Bobcats bounced back Saturday with a resounding 98-81 win over Hamilton, improving to 2-1 in NESCAC play. Senior Cody Greenalch scored a career-high 26 points, and Bates' 98 points were the most for the men's basketball team in a NASCAC game since 2002. First-year Omar Saar turned in a pair of outstanding performances over the weekend. He shot 11 for 18 from the field on the week and averaged 13 points, 12.5 rebounds, and 6 block shots per game. And Omar Saar is our male Bobcat of the week. So far, so good, right, for your college career. 18 rebounds against Hamilton. What are you seeing out there on the court that allows you to grab all those boards so far? I mean, it's just something that I do naturally. I think my role on the team is pretty much to play defense and, you know, blocking shots, uh, getting rebounds. And, yeah, so that's what I do. That's my job, kind of, yeah. Yeah, you're out there. You know what your mission is every time you go on the court. Exactly. So, yeah, I think from my conversation with coach, with the coaches, I think yeah, our main focus was, you know, you know, play defense and, you know, do what it takes, you know, to, you know, uh, get us extra positions. And, yeah, so that's what I do all the time. The block shots for me watching at courtside is pretty incredible because you're like, it's like you hang in the air and then you're just ready. To, and when, how do you develop that ability to block shots growing up? Uh, I think... Maybe uh, because of the fact that I played volleyball at some point in my life. So, yeah, I think that's pretty much because of it. So, yeah, I know when to jump. I know when to not jump and, you know, you know, just go for the blacks and stuff like that. Yeah. The points, though, have been coming your way also on offense. What have you been working on offensively this year? Uh, I think uh, my main focus is, you know, dominate on the pain, in the pain and, you know, you know, so I think I'm not a very good shooter, but, you know, uh, so, yeah, my main focus is just, you know, getting, you know, doing that pick and roll, you know, get the ball and then finish. And so, yeah. Part of it is getting those buckets off, you know, your teammates might fire away a three, but you're underneath to clean up if necessary. Right? Exactly, definitely. So I always, you know, uh, uh, get their back, you know, and stuff like that. Okay, so tell me about growing up in Senegal. What was the experience like kind of in general? And then when did you start playing basketball? Okay, so I started playing basketball at the age of, uh, I would say, 13, 12. Okay. Uh, so, yeah, I was in the military school in Senegal. So, you know, my, the coach is just so many was like, yo, you should come and try out and stuff like that. So that's when I you know, really started playing basketball. And, you know, um, after that, you know, after Senegal, I went to South Africa, you know, and at the African Leadership Academy. And then, you know, I also had like a great coach, a great coach who really, you know, pushed me hard and, you know, you know uh, pushed me to do more on the court and stuff like that. So, yeah, I think it was a, uh, it's like a combination of both, you know, playing in Senegal and so in South Africa, you know, really allowed me to gain a lot of experience. And, you know, yeah, that's it. John Furbush told me that you basically just emailed him saying, hey, I'm looking to play somewhere in college. How'd that experience go? My math professor last year, even though I'm from Bates, Oh, okay. So, you know, at, at, at some point I was like, all right, Bates is my ED school. I'm mm-hmm. going to apply it there. And he was like, you should know what? You should email the coach because I think you, 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 you really can play in the team and stuff like that. So that's exactly what I did. You know, I sent him a video of, of, of me playing. And, yeah, he was like, yo, man, what's up? What can we, like, like uh, what's the way forward? You know, yeah. we want you here and stuff like that. So, yeah. And so um, you see him tape of, your, your, of you playing, basically? Exactly. And, you know, I was actually very surprised when he replied. I wasn't really expecting it. So I was like, all right, let's, let's do it. Let's do it. Yeah. What was the adjustment, first of all, going from Senegal to South Africa and then from South Africa to, you know, Maine? I feel like, like as I said, I've been, uh, you know, in uh, a lot of boarding school for most of my life. So, you know, I'm really used to be, you know, to be away from my family. Sure. And, yeah, so, you know, the transition from Senegal to South Africa, of course, like, there was, like, a language uh, barrier at some point because Senegal is, like, a French-speaking Franco- uh, French country mm-hmm. and South Africa, they speak English. So, you know, 
So I just started like speaking English three or like four years ago, three years ago. Okay. So yeah, so I think that was like the hardest thing about you know, moving to South Africa. But then main is like you know uh, I feel like especially Bates College because you know of you know uh, the small community, the small community college because I really didn't see myself uh, you know being in a like big university mm-hmm. and stuff like that. So that was one of the reasons why I didn't want to come here and yeah. You grew up speaking French. There's a lot of people in Lewiston who speak French. Have you gotten involved in that at all? See, that's the reason why yeah. I'm, I'm usually involved in the community doing community service and mm-hmm. stuff like that. So, yeah, it's, it's, it's a real pleasure to be around. Yeah. What are some goals you have in your mind like, kind of going forward this year? Kind of just keep doing what you're doing a little bit? Or? I mean, at the beginning of the season, you know, I didn't even have, like, uh, like goals of, like, you know, I didn't want... I, I said to my coach, this was a learning season for me. Mm. Uh, so, I mean, I'm just keep doing me and, you know, being me on the court and stuff like that. So nothing is going to change. So, yeah. Speaking of learning, what were some big adjustments from the competition you faced when you played in South Africa to the competition you faced in the NESCAC? Definitely different, especially in, like, the level of competition. Uh, it's, it's, it's way tougher here. It's way demanding here. Uh, so, yeah, but I feel like uh, my teammates and, you know, the coaches really allowed me, you know, really welcomed me well, you know, yeah. in the team and, you know, really allowed me to kind of grow as a player also. And, yeah. You mentioned your volleyball background. So, growing up, were you playing volleyball and basketball or any other sports? I was playing a lot of sports. I was playing volleyball, track, mm-hmm. uh, and, yeah, volleyball, track, and gymnastics. But then, you know, when I started, you know, gaining weight and becoming taller and taller, I stopped playing gymnastics. I kept on doing track, which is like a triple jump and high jump. Mm-hmm. And at some point, I had to stop because, you know, the height and stuff like that. And, you know, I focused on basketball when I was maybe around 17, yeah. Okay, so fairly new, really, compared to the other sports. Exactly, definitely. Interesting. Yeah. So um, did you kind of have, are your parents very tall? Or did you know you're going to grow to 6'8"? Uh, definitely. <laughs> my, my dad is very tall. He's a 6'6", six, six, or 6'7", something mm. like that. My mom is around 6 uh, six feet. Okay. So yeah, they both tall. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> so you could, it wasn't a surprise necessarily. You kept exactly, growing. definitely. What have you learned from maybe some of the seniors who have you know experienced playing here, and even someone like you know Kenny, who's a year older, who has a year under his belt. Uh, I learned a lot, definitely. I think Kenny is like a great resource. Whenever you have a game, he will come to me, you know, talk to me about the other teams and talk to me about his experience last year uh, playing that team. And you know, it's all he's always a great resource. The seniors, they always around. They have a, you know, you know, they're keeping this team together. They have like, a little, like a big leadership potential, and that I think that's the other reason why we we're doing so well uh, so far. So yeah. Omar Sar, Mail Bobcat of the Week. Thanks so much. Thank you so much. The skiing teams combined to place sixth out of 15 schools at the Harvard Carnival over the weekend. In Alpine skiing, a number of Bobcats recorded top 30 finishes, with fifth-year senior captain Michael Cooper pacing the men's team in the slalom in 12th place. And junior Joe Gillis and sophomore Ari Van Vuren leading the way in the giant slalom with a tie for 18th. On the women's side, junior Hannah West led the Bobcats in both events, placing 11th in the slalom and 17th overall in the giant slalom. And Hannah West is our female Bobcat of the week. Female Bobcat of the Week, Hannah West with us on the phone here talking some Alpine skiing. And Hannah, what a weekend for the Alpine skiing teams, both the women and men, a lot of top 30 finishes. What were your overall impressions of, you know, how the team did? And must, it must be something that you're encouraged to see so early in the year, right? Yeah, I'm, like we're all very excited. Everyone got second runs. Everyone, we finished both runs, which is pretty, pretty hardcore, um, I'd say, because you know, we're out there and we're skiing as hard as we can. We're trying to finish and we're trying to do as well as we can. And we all did really strong. And I think overall the spirits were high and we were all very excited for our results, girls and guys and the team combined. And for you, particularly in the slalom, you got 11th there. I believe that was tying your best finish at a carnival. So what what was really working out there in the slalom in particular for you? Um, I don't know. I just kind of went out there. It was, it was a pretty cold day. Um, the chair actually shut down. We hiked to the start and I don't know. I think it was just trying to treat it like any other race and go out there and have fun and like enjoy our first carnival because it's sometimes, you know, you get out there, you're pretty nervous. Like there's a lot of good competitors you're skiing against and you forget, you forget about them from the previous year. And then you're out there and you see all these good girls and it could be very intimidating. And I think you just got to stay calm and go out there and do what you know how to do and ski. Yeah, you touched on it being the first carnival. You do have all those Fisk races before the carnival season. How does how do the carnivals compare to those, perhaps? There's a lot of the same girls that show up at the Fisk races, especially 
at the carnivals. There are a lot of top girls there, and it's like it's like a mini carnival in itself. But um, mm. but when we're at the carnival, it's it's a whole different ball game. Like I feel like everyone's definitely skiing a lot harder and charging a lot more and trying to do as best they can to for their team and for themselves. And I think it's just it's uh, overall higher intensity at carnival races. But I think for us, as the Bobcats go, we definitely were up there trying our hardest, but we kept the spirits up, and and I think that's what helped us overall, just like having a fun time and having a good time and cheering each other on. Yeah, and for the women's team, obviously, unfortunately, you know, Griffin Mueller out with that injury for this season. How how was the women's team, what was your reaction you found out about that, and how, how was the women's team able to bounce back in terms of, from a mentality standpoint, losing to someone who's been one of the top skiers for you the last couple of years? I mean, I'm, I'm pretty sad. Um, I miss Griffin every day, and I just, like, wish she could be out there with us, but I know she, she would want to be out there, too. Uh, but she's definitely, I feel like, as a team, we, we, all we can do right now is be supportive for one another and, you know, encourage each other still. And even Griffin does her best. Like she was texting us, like tell, telling us, watching us on ESPN and cheering us on. So we felt like she was still a part of it. Yeah, there are those uh, ESPN Plus streams, right, people can watch online, um, at least for that Harvard. That's, that's pretty cool to know, right? Yeah, I mean, it's never, I don't think it's ever been a thing for us. And it was, very, it was very nice to have it available, especially for my family that live out west and they can't come easily to the carnivals to come watch. Certainly. So entering your third year here um, as part of the skiing program, what are some goals you have in your mind? Obviously, you've been so close to NCAA the past couple of years, right? Yeah, I think, you know, for myself, I just like, I just got to, instead of focusing on my results, I just want to focus on my skiing more more so um, mm. and just, you know, keep a positive mentality. If I don't make it, I don't make it. It's okay. Like, it's not the end of the world but I'm just out there having fun and doing what I like to do. We've talked a little bit about how, you know, the training, you know, it's, you have a bit of a trip there to, for the training each day. How do you, ba- how have you learned over the last couple of years to balance your classes with the, the, the unique, I guess, schedule kind of skiers have here? We got like an hour, 10 minute drive to the mountain. I'm actually doing some work right now in the car. There um, you go. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's like when, if you're not driving, like we either catching up on some sleep or we're doing some work and it's definitely like when we get back, we recover, do skis, and then go straight to the library. And it's, I mean, it's a lot of, it's a lot of work, especially like during school. We don't really have the luxury of having some free time. I feel like it's just, but it, it, I like it at the same time. It keeps me very busy, and I always have like a very tight schedule. I like it personally. And then, um, well, your thoughts on the UVM Carnival coming up? Obviously, I'm sure you've been to that particular course before, but what are your thoughts on this weekend? Really excited. I like Stowe. Um, it's definitely a lot different hills than Monday morning at Center River. Uh, it's more challenging. There's a lot of tricks to the – there's a lot of terrain. you got to know where you're going. Um, but I'm, I'm excited. It's a really, really fun venue, and – just excited to keep the spirits up and keep the team going and let's hope we go out there and charge as hard as we can sounds good hannah west female bobcat of the week thank you so much appreciate it thank you senior captain kaylin woods led the bates women's newark team in both the freestyle and classical technique races over the weekend she placed 26th in the 5k skate and 20th in the 15k classic on the men's side sophomore henry raff led the way in the 10k skate and first year cal shrupp tallied some ncaa points with a 28th place showing among collegiate skiers in the 20k classic shrupp joins the bobcast to talk about the first carnival of his collegiate career Cal, obviously a nice collegiate debut for you at the Harvard Carnival. But I understand, you know, growing up in New England and New Hampshire, you've you've competed in carnivals before. Tell us about that. Yeah, so the races that we do in order to, um, I don't know, get to the collegiate level, um, they're called the Eastern Cups, and they sometimes collide with the carnival races. And so I've seen, I've seen the jerseys, the uniforms, and once in a while I'll race with them. But um, this time it was purely just college guys. Mm. Tell me about growing up. When did you start getting into Nordic skiing? Um, so my mom was a college skier at Dartmouth, and she won the fight 
of what the children will do <laughs> with my dad who wanted to, us to play hockey. Um, and so I've been skiing since I was two. Um, pretty much, yeah. And then and I actually started racing. They're called lollipop races. They're for the the little chillins to do. And um, I've been doing those since yeah, maybe four four when I started racing. Lollipop, right? Do you even remember? Do you even remember doing this at four years old? I remember the good moments, <laughs> the, the races that I won, um, and of course the lollipops at the end of the race. <laughs> or it, or if it was a good race, it was a big chocolate bar. Excellent, yeah. and and so when did it become? I mean, you're you're you've been basically born on skis, but when did it become like more like okay, I'm aiming to like do this in college, maybe. Sure, um, I would say so. I have a brother mm-hmm. um, and a sister who are both older than I am and both competitive skiers. And when my brother started competing in college, um, and I got to go to his races, that's when I saw how cool it was um and how fast they go and i guess that from from then on i was inspired to make it there excellent so classical technique versus freestyle what do you prefer what's what what's what do you uh do you like them both equally or is there one preference maybe interesting so it's a great question i will say but um it changes Mm. it changes so i like the technique that i'm best at (laughs) um and right now Skating is much harder than it is to classic for some for whatever reason that is. So I'd say classic at the moment. Yes, but at that the could moment, change. It could change. It could right. Change. And then, um, so the Harvard Carnival obviously got moved for Nordic to a different location mm-hmm. there in Vermont, right? And that, but that Crassberry, that's you've, you've probably been there before, right? Because that's like the the hub of Nordic skiing. Right? Is the hub, a hundred percent. And we're going back there this weekend. Yeah. Um. So hopefully that that's going to be the the right amount of craft spray, I think. If we had three races there, who knows? I might get sick of it. But it's amazing. Um, it's definitely the best combination of hills versus downhills. Right. Yeah, so you don't kill yourself. Hopefully. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm curious, I mean – for those who have never been to Craftsbury, what makes it kind of the hub? What, what take us through like the environment there? So, the there's a lot of people. Um, I think a lot of them are volunteer, but they really care about um, not making money so much as making a good um, Nordic facility. Mm. And so, great trails, great snow, great grooming, um, and they keep putting money into building more buildings for the athletes. So they just built a new warming hut for for the athletes so all the athletes are in a building and then all the recreational skiers are in a building which some might say is not the best thing but it definitely is um (laughs) because you have enough space to put some clothes on which nordic centers just usually do not interesting um what made bates the place for you when you're looking at colleges i would say the big thing is my coach Becky Woods, mm-hmm. um, at least when I was, I was talking to a few coaches and to just, I, I knew, I've known of all the schools just because of my brother. Right. And, um, so I, I was trying to figure out what would differentiate the schools. And, um, right as I interviewed Becky, um, I thought that she was amazing. And then I got to hang out with the, the team and I, uh, really liked the people and I thought it would be a great place for me. Especially compared to the other schools. And the men's Nordic team in particular is it's quite young, right? I don't think there's any seniors. What's that kind of like to have some younger guys? It's really cool, and it, it, it's it's nice to know that right now I kind of feel like we're a little bit of the underdogs, mm. and we have a ton of potential. Um, so, it's, I mean, it's also great for me because there were um, four new boys, and so I got I, I have friends as well. <laughs> Yeah, well, I saw you took a picture with like a buddy of yours who maybe doesn't go to Bates. Is it? Yes, yeah. that's true. So you know people on the circuit, I imagine. Yeah, so he he was actually from um, my ski program, Gunstock, mm. and we he and another guy we, we've just been battling it out for who's gonna win for the past yeah. few years. Um, and in this race, we skied together for eight kilometers of the twenty k, so it was really cool. And um, is there any talking going on when you're actually out there? So some races there is, some <laughs> um, races there isn't. I would say in 20Ks, for sure there can be. Yeah, I, I This race I actually really didn't say much. Or I said like a let's go yeah. here and there. Um, it's actually, and now that I think about it, at the end, 
maybe 5k in i was i told zach i was like that's who that that was but yeah um i was like we got to catch this guy and oh actually we got to catch mark because <laughs> mark was another member of my ski program who's ahead of us gotcha so the kind of the competition within the competition almost exactly but it all it, it made it all so much more friendly yeah yeah so 20k was it a mass start it was a mass start. So the mass starts, what's that like compared to when it's more like, you know, going individually? Personally, I love them. Yeah. Um, they're super different. And there's crashes. Yeah. Um, one right in front of me, one, my teammate, Tucker Pierce, um, broke his ski. Oh. And he had a tough, beca- he, he finished the race and actually did surprisingly well. But mm. he ended up in last place, I'm pretty sure, um, at a certain point. Broken ski. Because, yeah, yeah. he's running pretty much. Um and I could have been involved in that, but there's so much adrenaline at the beginning because yeah. it's really a race for position because the the pack spreads out, and so you want to be in a good position so that when that happens, you're not you don't have to make up a minute of time to be where you started. Yeah. So and you enjoy that little rush. Oh yeah, yeah, hundred <laughs> percent. I think that um, one advantage I have is just being um, on my skis for the past 16 years. I. I like. I'm good at avoiding the fall, the crashes, right? Or jumping over people if need be. <laughs> Great. Well, any other thoughts on the the season so far? Obviously, it was the first carnival race, but you you all been training for quite a few months. We have. Yeah. Um, it's been great. I'm really excited. Um, we have a lot to go. Um, especially, and it's going to be really cramped in there. We got six six weeks of six races or twelve races, I guess. How long we've been training? Um, I think is going to help us in the end because it's been. It's been a good long season. I'm ready for it. All right, Cal. Thanks so much for joining us on the Bobcast. Appreciate it. Of course. Thank you very much. The swimming and diving teams compete against Bowden on Friday and Kobe on Saturday. The Bobcat men swept the polar bears and mules. And the victory over Kobe was, in the words of head coach Peter Casares, the most amazing meet I've witnessed in my 13 years. Trailing by 20 points entering the final two events, the men rallied to win by 8 points. The 200 freestyle relay team of first-year John Marcolina First-year Nathan Barry, sophomore Dan Waterland, and senior Tanner Fuller clinched the victory by breaking the pool record in the 200 free Bates had set just the week before. Tanner, I'll start with you because you anchored it. You were the senior. It was your senior meet. What was your going through your mind entering that last relay because it all came down to that, right? I mean, it was a great last uh, event. We were down by one point heading into the last relay. We had great two performances in the 2IM by uh, Peter Corey and is Andrew Hall, right? Andrew, yeah. Went one and two to give us that one point. We were down by one point. Going into the last relay, and it was great. The energy was there. The teams were both lining the sides of the pool. Everyone was cheering, um, and we just made it happen. All four of us did a great job and pulled through at the end. What's it like to anchor it there? Oh, it's excellent. I mean, seeing all everyone cheering and neck and neck right at the end there um, and being able to pull it off and celebrate with your team is really a memorable moment. We're moving on to a couple of the first years here. John, you know, leading off the race, were you aware of all the situation in terms of the points and everything? Oh, yeah, I think we were all completely aware of what was going on. I mean, everyone was up on their feet, and it was just the whole pool was just filled with excitement. How's it compared to, like, when you were swimming in high school? Probably nothing like it, right? Yeah, I've never been in a situation like that. Um, you know, like, the adrenaline was going. Everything was, like, I don't know. Um, it was just super exciting to be in that uh, situation. And then, Nathan, how about for you? I mean, we talked before about how you swung a tarball pool when you were in high school mm-hmm. and whatnot. How about another uh, pool record, by the way, this time in the relay, right? That was a pool record? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, awesome. Yeah, we, we, we beat the pool record that we beat last week by .8 again. Right. Oh, hey. There we go. Yeah. <laughs> so you were more focused on, you know, getting the victory. In the, beating Colby, yeah. Beating Colby, yeah. <laughs> and, so, and you were probably aware of the situation going on? Yeah, yeah. I knew because we were about to uh, – 20 or 30 points behind the whole time and then after diving divers really got us up there they got us those extra by going one two uh they got us those extra points that we needed and then we were within 10 points and then all the the 200 ims happened and then we were within one point and so everyone knew that it was down in this last relay and everybody was electrifying and everyone was up and there's just a lot of energy and so it was really fun to kind of you know i i said to myself I got to do it for, for these boys. You know, it's not just for me because I was feeling a little bit sick as well. Mm-hmm. So I was like, I got to pull it together. Like, we got a job to do. We're all in this together. So 
Dan, you sounds like you might have been more aware of the pool record than Nathan, perhaps. <laughs> what, did you know right away that it was a new record that um, you'd broken the one you set previously? I was mainly focused on winning the meet. Yeah. That was my main priority. But after the relay was over and I, we had calmed down a little bit, someone <laughs> walked up to me and was like, you guys got a pool record. And I was like, oh, we got a pool record again? So that was cool. <laughs> um, but, yeah, that was, that was one of the best moments of my Bates career thus far. Right. And excited to see what happens. Yeah. The future. I was going to say, head coach Peter Casares called it, in his 13 years here, the most exciting meet he's ever been a part of at Tarbell Pool. You're a senior. You, you've been in some exciting meets. Were you, would you agree this may be the most exciting for you? Absolutely. I mean, I would say before this meet, I would go back to my freshman year when we won the CBB championship again, and the most hype meet back then was we raced Bowden home for our senior meet, honoring the seniors four years ago. Yeah. And that was great. We won the meet just barely again, but this blew it out of the water. The energy was there. The swims were great. Colby had put up great competition against us, and we just pulled through in the end. Yeah, you touched on that, the senior meet. I mean, when you were first year, did you think about what it might be in a few years for you, and what was it end up being the only, like before the meet and everything? I mean, it was great. I mean, we it's just it's so it, it time really flies when you're a senior here. Yeah. I mean, it, four years goes by really quickly. And back then, when I was a freshman, we won the CBB, and like we all the senior guys really wanted to pull that off once again to go off on a good note, and we did it. Excellent. Well, John, moving back to you here as a first year, I want to know what made you decide you wanted to come to Bates for college? Well, I mean, definitely like uh, Coach Caceres. He was always um, very involved in like rec- my recruiting process, and I loved my, uh, my trip up here. Actually, Dan was my host when I came up, so he showed me uh, a good time and what Bates is all about. Um, definitely, and like the st- just the student body, too. Uh, everyone seems very down-to-earth when I came on my trip, and it was just somewhere where I saw myself. What's it like to have such a big role in the team right away like this? Um, it's awesome. Like that's that's also why I came here because, uh, just the opportunities that, um, like you you wouldn't get this opportunity at like the Division One level as mm-hmm. someone like with my ability. Good. And Dan, uh, he touched on the fact that you hosted him. What, what's that like being a host? You know, you know, you're you're, you're a sophomore here, but what's it like hosting you know potential uh, recruits and everything? Uh, well, personally, I uh, I really enjoy doing the hosting because it puts a big weight on me to get these kids to come to the school to make this team better. So when I, when, I, when I saw John was my recruit, I looked him up on college swimming, looked at his time, saw who he was. I uh, was like, this kid, this kid could be good for our team. So um, I feel like I did a good job with John. Obviously, he's here. So um, yeah, John and I are good buds. I kept in touch with him over summer to make sure he knew what was going on coming into Bates. You touched on the fact that the, the numbers are all out there about how fast everyone swims. Like, it's not secret information. Do, is that something you look at when you're come entering into a meet, or do you ignore it, Nate? Uh, sometimes I do. Um, this year I've kind of fallen behind because I don't know anybody anymore. Back in high school I kind of knew everybody, so I would look at all their times. But definitely uh, when we were going against Bowden and Colby, I was looking up their, their top swimmers and what they're going in the 50, both for uh, their, their dual meets and for their championship meets and their top swimmers in each event and you know how, how, we'll, how we'll stack up. And then coming up, we got, I know WPI is more like an invitational, individual type thing. But then NESCACs, right, Tanner? And what do you, what do you tell some of these younger guys about the experience of NESCACs? When they came I mean, back? NESCACs is a great time. I mean, the energy level is just insane. And we have a relay like this, us four, I really have a good chance of really scoring very highly in that event. I think currently we're ranked third in the NESCAC for this, our time this past relay this weekend. Um, and even past that, looking at nationals, relays like this would be extremely competitive to mm. get the invite to the meet like that. Yeah, you've been to Nationals, right? What was that experience like? Nationals is great. I mean, it's the highest level of competition we can get to. I went out as a sophomore mm-hmm. um, with some, with uh, four other great upperclassmen that no, no longer they graduated. Right. Um, but it was amazing, and I hope some of these younger guys can have the same experience I did back then. In terms of relays, I, I understand that's probably the most fun, right? What, what are your thoughts on you know being, maybe being part of a relay team that gets there? Um, oh, that would I mean that would be the best, just because relays like you don't have the excitement and like individual because it's just you, but like. They're, you know, you're supporting your teammates. The teammates are supporting you. They're, you know, they're with you the whole time. As a first year, what was your experience like there on, on watching the seniors get honored and everything? It hasn't been so long since I was doing that in high school. <laughs> right. So it was kind of a, <laughs> oh, that's going to happen to me one day too. So I, it, was, it was really nice to see all these people that I love in so many different ways. And they all just came down and got high fives with their – Parents walking them down and standing on the bulkhead and getting all the flowers and it was it was a really nice way to start the meet. Excellent. Well, thank you so much to John, Nathan, Dan, and Tanner for joining us on the Bobcast record setting two hundred yard freestyle. Thanks so much. Thank, thank you. you. 
After being outscored by Bowden on Friday, the number 15 nationally ranked women's swimming and diving team bounced back to defeat Colby by 91 points on Saturday. It was the final home meet of the season, and the Bobcats honored the senior class before the meet. Senior Emmy Daigle, who won the 100 and 200 yard breaststroke individually and helped Bates win the 200 yard medley relay, joins the Bobcats to reflect on the meet and look forward to what's next. It was really fun. We had the senior ceremony beforehand, so um, walked out with parents. Um, I walked out with my aunt, and some people walked out with coaches, um, and just felt really celebrated by the whole team. And um, got to high five everyone on the way over. I got gifts from the juniors, which was really sweet. So it was really exciting. And then um, we all got honored, and we um, for the women's team. Uh, we're lucky enough to get to put together a senior relay. So after that, we had our team cheer, and we. Um, the four of us got together and went over um, for that um, relay, and it was just really exciting, um, kind of like leading up to it with the awards and stuff, and then we all um, swam really fast for that um, and brought home the win there, so that was really fun. You had to transition right away into the, because you had the very first race, so what's that like going from like, let's celebrate, now we got to focus on, you know, winning this thing, right? <laughs> um, I feel like normally I'd probably be in the pool warming up a little bit closer right. to my race, so... I didn't really know how it was going to go, but it was really exciting um, to go over there. We were all in the relay. There were five um, senior girls swimming, but um, four of us were on a relay together. And I think it was good just, like, to be excited about being a senior and, like, having it be the senior meet to kind of, like, carry us there. Um, and we all went pretty fast, too. I remember coming out of the pool, and then um, Amy Duran went behind me, and she swam a really awesome 50 fly. Um, and that was super cool to just see that we were all swimming fast. So it was fun. Excellent. And then the individual events, those obviously went pretty well for you. Did you go into a meet like that? Do you kind of know who your main competition is based on just like times you've seen? Yeah, a little bit. Um, based on like who they swim against um, at other meets and stuff, you kind of you can look up and see how fast they've gone this season. I don't do that often because I don't really want to like psych myself out or think too much about um, what other people are doing because that's totally beyond my control. So I'm yeah. just kind of thinking about the best race that I can have. But it was really fun, especially after that relay, kind of like getting things together and then um, being excited for my individual events too. It was just a really good environment, especially um, for both us and for the men's team being so close. Everybody was just really um, pumped up to cheer everyone on all the way through the meet. It's interesting because it's a senior meet but you're still going to be training a lot in Tarbell Pool for NESCACs and everything this whole month and whatnot, right? So mm -hmm. was it? did you have any sort of interesting thoughts go through your mind as you got out of the pool for the last time in a competitive in terms of like a meet situation? Or is it like you're going to be in there so much more the rest of the year anyway? It's kind of interesting to think like, oh, that was our last dual meet at home. It was also our last dual meet overall because mm -hmm. our next one um, is WPI, which is more of an invite right. format. So there are multiple teams there. So this was really like the last head-to-head -head, and it was CBB weekend so we yeah. swam boat in the night before and we had to fight really hard for that and mm -hmm. the whole team a lot of people are fighting illnesses and stuff so we have been working really hard and um I don't think I really thought about it being the last like race in Tarbell right. but um I definitely thought about it being the last meet weekend and having it be some of the last swims in terms of like dual meet times um and unsuited swims we would say because for um Nezcacs, we um, taper and we put on our fast suits and stuff, so that's really a different um, format and like type of competition. So I had thought about a lot how these were my last dual meet times, and I really just wanted to end it on a good note. Excellent. Um, well, I guess any other thoughts on you know some goals you have going forward because you're you're building up now to the biggest meet of the yeah. season. Um, I think it's just really important, and like what I always try to do is not psych myself out too much. I um, my goals are really just trying to stay positive and like make a list of all of the like good things that have come so far and the team is like um, really great this year and we have a really good shot at um, having it be the best we've done at Nezcax in my four years here um, with a huge group of freshmen and like a lot of people coming back and doing really well for themselves this season so um, it should be really exciting just to kind of come together for the last four weeks and just have a lot of fun. Sounds good. Emmy Daigle, thanks so much. Thank you. The women's and men's squash teams played a combined seven matches this week and won six of them. Although the Bates women fell 6-3 to three to Amherst Saturday, senior captain Lutza Polgar won a thrilling match at the number one position, prevailing 3-2 in a match that saw her rally from two games down to win, with the fifth game taking a combined 34 points to resolve in an 18-16 victory for Polgar. Polgar sports a record of 9-1 on the season, and the women are 7-3 overall. The Bates men have won five straight matches overall, improving to 7-4 on the year. 
Sophomore Jesper Phillips is 8-3 and three on the season while playing at the number two position. Well, Jesper, first of all, tell me about growing up in Norway. When did you first got involved playing squash? What got you interested in the sport? Yeah, so it's not that big of a sport in Norway, but my dad is English, and it's the biggest sport in England. So he was kind of coaching the local club, and then I ended up just tagging along there first, just friendly, and then kind of found a passion in it and decided to stick with it and kind of explore a bit more and kind of go for it and try and get good. And then squash continuing for university in Norway is not really a big thing, and we don't do the, the schools competing against each other. So if I kind of wanted to continue squash, I knew that the U.S. would kind of be a better place for me. What was the process like finding baits? Yeah, it was a strange one. I, I'd never been to the U.S. before, so I knew like nothing about college in the U.S. other than that squash was good over here. So I started just looking at schools and happened to run into a few coaches at some big tournaments and emailed a couple of different schools and got lucky with some good American friends of mine who kind of pointed out some good schools and Bates happened to be one of them. So I contacted Pat, the coach that used to be, and then he kind of kept talking to me and I was interested and then narrowed it down to a few couple of schools and Bates happened to be there and then I ended up going for Bates. And then something the squash program often talks about how a lot of student athletes on the squash team from various countries throughout the world. What's that dynamic like? No, that's very interesting. And that was kind of the main reason why I ended up picking Bates. Because Bates, well, I had two schools that it came down to. And I looked at the squash roster for one of them. And it was a lot of Connecticut and New York and kind of where squash is big in the U.S. And then I looked at Bates and I kind of saw 10 different nations from all over the world. And I, that kind of felt a bit more homely to me and a bit more where I wanted to be. And then now we're continuing that with Rai coming in, the South African coach, our freshman from Jamaica, India, El Salvador. And then it's a really interesting dynamic because especially at a school like Bates, it's really cool to have our own like little hub of globalness at the squash team and being able to kind of talk to people from all over the world. And hopefully we'll be able to continue that with the coming classes moving forwards. Yeah, so growing up in Europe, did, um, did you play in tournaments throughout the continent, or were you pretty much just in Norway? No, so it's not that big in Norway, so we were traveling right. a lot, mm -hmm. so all the time it would be tournaments down in all over the Nordics, Sweden, Denmark, a lot in Germany, going over to England a lot, traveled as far as like Slovenia, Czech Republic, so it's kind of all over Europe and all over the world too, really. You mentioned you've never been to America before, so no. you're a sophomore now, but when you came over here as a first year, what was the transition like for you initially? It was strange, because uh, again, I'd, I'd never been to the U.S., and I came in kind of blind. My parents dropped me off, and we had three days in Boston and three days in Portland, and then straight into Bates, but I mean, coming into a team, I kind of knew very well I was coming into a good dynamic, and McLeod, Abba, and Coley, the captains my freshman year, did very well kind of taking care of us, and... I kind of found a good group of friends straight away and got some good mates and lads in the team. And now I'm living with Peter, who's also a squash player. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, coming into a team made it a lot easier kind of adapting to whatever I wanted. So I could go straight in doing what I want with like a good academic program and then squash on the side. Well, let's talk about this year so far. Um, the team's on a bit of a roll now, kind of a slow start the year, but it seems like the team's really picking yeah. it up. What have you noticed over the last few weeks? No, I mean, it was tough because we had a bit of a bumpy preseason, so then, and then we didn't start that great. So it's a bit of a mentality challenge to kind of get rid of that and then be like, we can still be great and we can still do the things we came here to do. And then with Rysel, then we managed to kind of adapt it to performance as much as possible. And Graham's done a great job in the preseason, along with tennis coach, Coach Gatchengay. So moving forwards now, we kind of decided that that's kind of done and dusted and now it's all about moving forwards and the performance we can do got a couple of good wins on the road now but for us it's more about looking forwards finishing the season strong and then going into the postseason where the goals to win you played amherst i think at a casino annex in brooklyn yeah. what was that experience like in new york it was strange because like normally when we play the school or these schools it's like one team is away one team yeah. is home and will normally be a very biased crowd either against you or for you and you can kind of go off that dynamic but now we were like everybody was on foreign ground and none of us really were that comfortable and having to adapt to new courts is always going to be a strange one but 
I mean, it was fun. It was a good road trip with the team, and we had two matches down there, and luckily for us, we came back with two wins, so that made it a lot more pleasant experience. And yeah, and Chatham match on Sunday was maybe, for us, yes, it looks good with a win on the board, but we weren't kind of happy with our performance. Mm. So then moving forward, it's about flipping that back to the good side and now going in against Colby and Middlebury and going through strong to get two more wins. Sounds good, Jesper. Thanks so much for joining us on the Bobcast. Appreciate it. Thank you a lot. In track and field, the women's and men's teams both finish in first place at the Bates Invitational. The Bates women won 13 events with sophomore Lily Simmons matching her collegiate best in the pole vault, clearing the bar at 10 feet, 8 inches. Lily, I'm curious, you know, the pole vault, uh, how did you first, when you were growing up, decide you wanted to kind of specialize in that event, if you will? Well, originally I was actually a swimmer, so I was never into track or anything. And then sophomore year, I had a really good friend on the swim team, and his sister pole vaulted for Stanford. And I watched videos of her, and I thought it looked really fun. So I just I found out my school had one, and I wanted to try it out. And I ended up really, really loving it. <laughs> so. Pole vaulting to me looks a little scary. I don't know. Was there any fear at first? I really just wanted to be in the air. Yeah. I didn't really. It did never cross my mind. Interesting. And so what was the first step to kind of learning the event for you? Figuring out how to hold the pole mm. and actually be able to run with it because that was just – I did could not comprehend how someone did that before I even tried it. So, and you're part of a trio of pole vaulters on the women's team. What's that dynamic like? It's a lot of fun, especially high school. There was only like four total vaulters on my team, so having a trio of us who are all around the same uh, skill level is really nice, just for meets and warm ups and just being able to always pump each other up and have fun. So, well, tell us about growing up in Harpers Ferry, West Virginia. What was that experience like? Basically, you said in a national park. Yeah, yeah. It's a lot of fun. It's really, it's different. My town has like 294 people in it. Um, <laughs> so my, my high school was big because it encompassed a lot of other towns around it. So it's very different from everyone I've met here. Uh, but it's, I don't know, growing up in a national park was fun. It was a, very touristy though, so it gets a little annoying on the weekends. But <laughs> Gotcha. Did you spend a lot of time outdoors then? Yeah, a lot of hiking river rafting. And Maine is a very outdoorsy state too, right? Have you gotten a chance to like go up to Acadia or anything here? I went to Acadia. That was actually my first experience in Maine was we went on a, I was going to a pole vault camp and the week before we went on a trip and we went whitewater rafting on the Penobscot River and we went to Acadia and biked around. So growing up there in West Virginia, uh, how did Bates get on your radar? Well, my brother went to Amherst College. Yep. Um, so he, so based off of that, I knew I wanted a small school I have family in Connecticut. I loved, always loved New England. And after visiting Maine, I kind of fell in love with the state. So I knew I w- at least wanted to check out the schools up here. So Did you know right away you wanted to do track and field in college? As soon as I started vaulting, I kind of had a hint because it was swimming all the way until probably midway through my junior year. I realized that I was that pole vault was kind of trumping swimming at that point, mm-hmm. which was a big change. But... And then this past couple weekends, pretty good um, collegiate career best for you, right? What's been working so far this season with the pole vault? I think mainly just focusing on last year I had a big problem with getting, I was get very anxious before my events because high school felt very low stress. And as soon as and I thought, you know, I came in with the expectation that it was going to be the same. And as soon as I we hit the first couple of beats, I realized that for whatever reason, it felt very different <laughs> and I just needed to get out of my head and I had a hard time doing that so this year my goal going into the season was just to be very positive and just enjoy the sport and not focus on marks and it seems to be working <laughs> so far so I've been having a good time with it. What's a typical practice like for you because you're, you're doing one event it's not like you're pressing like different lengths for running or anything like that it's just pole vault right? <laughs> yeah yeah well, we vault two times a week mm. and then the other days usually our my coaches We'll have strength workouts or sprint workouts to do. Um, it all just depends on the day. Sure. And I, I think Al Farashidian works a lot with the pole vaulters, mm-hmm. right? What's he been like as a kind of a, a, a coach, if you will? He's been amazing. <laughs> <laughs> I love Fresh. He's, uh, but he's very, very good at technique and just kind of making sure you're never getting in too much in your head and just working on, I don't know, whenever I seem like I'm hitting a stumped point in practice or in beats or I'm getting too... In my head, he always finds a way to bring you back down <laughs> and focus you. He's got his iPad, right? Video yeah, studied? Yeah, did, it's really did, helpful. Did you do a lot of that in high school, or is this new for you to do video study? I never video. I'd have teammates video, mm. um, but my coach in high school was very – he was just 
more he was able to visualize it on his own and he really really was able to just tell you exactly what he meant which fresh is too but uh he just never felt the need to video it Mm. but fresh uses the video as a guide yeah yeah he like he draws on it and shows us angles which i find very helpful Well, as a sophomore, it sounds like you're feeling more comfortable, more relaxed. Was, is that fair to say? What is just a change of mentality, it sounds like? or Definitely. I think just being having a wrap on the school and just I feel more comfortable on campus and everything. It just feels – it took the pressure off of track and everything else. So, Yeah, speaking of that, obviously, you know, there's the academic side to things. How was the adjustment last year kind of coming from high school? It was definitely different, but I had a lot of fun with it. <laughs> so it was – it was nice. I like having a busy schedule, so it kind of fit well with the Bates mentality. <laughs> but uh, so I don't know. It was it was a lot a big adjustment, especially having you know everything in one place rather than having to like go to track practice, like driving and. Mm. Um, but I don't know. It was a it was a big adjustment, but it it worked out. And then um, what are you studying in terms of? Do you have an idea, or are you just taking a lot of classes right now? I'm I declared my math major and chem minor. Is that something you always wanted to do, kind of? Yeah, I was always into math, into sciences. We never had – my school was never big in the science program, so I really didn't have an idea until I got here. Mm. But but math was always from my dad and everything. (laughs) He was a big math person, so that got into my head. Gotcha. Well, any other thoughts on the season so far through two meets? It feels good. It's really fun. I've I've definitely done a better job of watching other events this year. I've gotten a better – even last year I didn't really – because coming from high school, it was – we didn't, you didn't really focus on the other events as much, which doesn't sound great, but it was more of a just like individual. Mm-hmm. And I like that this team is way more inclusive and I get, and you know, I'm learning about all the events still. Um, but just being able, I love seeing everyone, you know, get better and it's just been a lot of fun. The men's track and field team won 12 events and senior Justin Levine set a personal record in the 5K with a time of 14 minutes, 58.75 seconds. Levine currently ranks second in New England in the event. Yeah, so I definitely got a really good uh, training session over the break. Um, Went to the track, you know, as much as I could and got in some speed work that I've been trying to work on over the last couple years, and I'm already seeing the results, so. What was the race like there on Saturday? So yeah, Saturday uh, we went against some U-Main guys, so we had a couple D1 runners in the race, um, and they were going out for some fast time, so I kind of just latched on in the beginning. Um, and then as the race progressed, they were kind of slowing down the pace, and I noticed it at one point. So I just kind of, you know, burst ahead and then kind of did my thing for the last 10 laps, kind of just toughed it out by myself and ran, ran as fast as I could. <laughs> nice. So I know uh, the D1 meet was scored separately, but did you finish ahead of those main guys? Yeah, so yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah I, I did win the whole thing, which right. was great. Um, yeah, it's interesting because especially you, Maine, I feel like we have – a pretty comparable team to you, Maine, in, in some areas. Mm. They, they definitely have some top-end talent um, in others. But, uh, but yeah, I wish that we could just kind of combat them head-to-head because <laughs> it would kind of be fun, but there's some rules against that sure. or whatnot. So. And then 5K versus the mile for you, does it really matter? I mean, is it a pretty similar event for you, or how does it go? Uh, well, yeah, the 5K is definitely my, my best event. Mm. Um, the mile, I've kind of always wanted to be a miler, but um, always been better at the 5K. So it was nice to get in a good mile. That was a nice confidence booster. Um, but the 5K is definitely my niche event. That, that one I've done for a long time now. So it was the only event you ran on Saturday, right? So for the rest of the meet, what's your kind of approach, I guess, before you run and then after? Sure. So yeah, before we do like a couple mile warm up and then after we'll do a little cool down, but then it's great because kind of you don't have to worry about your energy and can really spend it all on cheering on the guys. Um, and that's one of the best parts. Like, uh, you know, as the guys saw when, when I finished, they were really, you know, congratulatory and, you know, cheering me on and whatnot. Because yeah, we, we work really hard together, so we kind of know everyone's goals. So kind of going into the race, it might seem like people are just running around in a circle, which, you know, that's kind of the, the basis of it. But we kind of know all the times that the guys have run. So it's really exciting to cheer them on and see if they can meet their goals. And then I was talking to Coach Fresh before the indoor track season. You know, obviously the cross-country season went to nationals. Nationals was uh, tough conditions, I understand. But I understand, you know, you, you guys have a little bit of uh, motivation now going forward, I suppose, right? Yeah, most definitely. We definitely had a tough day. Um, we had a great uh, race the week before, and sometimes you just it's really hard to, to plan out and have your best race to be the last race. Mm-hmm. It's just such a long season. 
But yeah, for the guys, I mean, I am the only senior that won't be returning in most of that top group. Mm. So there's definitely a big future for the rest of the guys. And I'd been to nationals before, so it's not too much of a bummer. <laughs> um, hopefully, you know, I'm going to try my best. It'll be a long shot, but maybe in track, um, if I really can improve. Uh, so that would be the next goal. Yeah, is that something that's in the back of your mind in terms of like the 5K? Because as Coach Fresh mentioned, you know, you're second in the region. Yeah, so... Pretty much to, they take about, well, they only take 12 per event in the whole country. Yeah. yeah. So as of now, there hasn't been a ton of 5K uh, runs for okay. most of the guys. So I am second right now and I think 14th in the country okay. to start. Um, but I'm definitely going to have to run, I think the magic number is about 17 seconds faster. Okay. So that will be a lot, but <laughs> it, it isn't impossible. And if I get some fast guys to run with, kind of ran the rest of that race, like the second half alone. Mm. So if I get some guys to carry me through, then who knows, maybe I can pull it out. That's interesting because running alone's got to feel good in terms of like, oh, I'm going to win this thing. But it's also like, you don't really have an idea of where you're at in terms of time, I suppose. Yeah, no, most definitely. We were, in terms of time for the first couple laps when I was just kind of running with the other runners, we were running 35 seconds for each lap. And then the second I kind of took the lead, it felt like I was running faster, but it was some 36s and whatnot. It's just kind of, it's a lot easier to just kind of uh, use the rhythm of the race yeah. and just kind of follow along when you're in when you're in the front it's really hard to just generate all the momentum yourself so gotcha and then how about um some of your teammates what do you notice uh, from some maybe some standout performances that you saw yeah so definitely uh peter ackley one of the first years on the team he ran a great 400 he beat quite a few guys on the last stretch um to win that race um and then johnny rex has been doing great yeah. in the throws he, he had a great start with his first meet. He threw a PR, which yeah. that also is very, you know, surprising to, to do that this early in the season. Um, and then a lot of our distance guys are doing really well. Most of them, their big race is going to be this weekend, their first big race. Uh, like Nick Resnick and Bard Rust will be in the 5K. And they've been my training partners, so I think some yeah. big things to come for them. And, yeah, but the whole team really, um, you know, as coach coach compared uh, the track season to Christmas, and said that kind of it's like unwrapping all the gifts that uh, you know those surprises that he hopes from all the training will. So I'm kind of in the same boat, hoping to see it all the things ferment for the team. Excellent. So what is upcoming this weekend? Tell us about the main. So yeah, we're going down to Boston um, to run at BU, which is a bank track. Yeah. It's a little different than ours, so you can run a little faster per se it's also because the competition's better <laughs> so it's both but um so that is a huge meet they run all day a million heats um all different levels d1 two and three runners um it's pretty special especially for us guys we get to race against some ivy league guys like brown and you know princeton harvard which is a really cool experience and then just the atmosphere is incredible there they have a really nice stadium and it's one of the best places to watch running in the in the world, arguably. Mm. A lot of world records are done in this uh, indoor facility. So it'll be a great chance for all our guys to run fast. Yeah, perhaps we'll see another personal record for you. Uh, Justin Levine, thanks so much. Appreciate it. Yeah, thanks. I'll be doing the 3K, so we'll see. All right. <laughs> Next time on the Bates Bobcast, we'll recap a slightly less busy week of Bates athletics. The squash teams welcome Colby and Middlebury to town. The track and ski teams compete on the road. And the basketball teams take on Tufts. Find the complete schedule at GoBatesBobcats.com. And we'll recap it all next time on the Bates Bobcast. Bates, 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 Bates.